Welcome back to Foxfire Farmhouse. Thanks for trudging through the woods once again to mm-hmm. land here on our doorstep. Uh, come on in. Have a seat. Welcome. Welcome, brave adventurer. <laughs> so brave that you've come, come past on. all the other podcasts yes. in podcast land. To Beset. be here. To catch Beset by many a podcast. <laughs> here to catch the pods that we cast. Yes. Casting pods everywhere. Yeah. It's our secret ability. Yeah. You can cast a pod, <laughs> cast a pod. farther than any, <laughs> any in the land. We, we are we are epic podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> Tales will be told of our podcasting. <laughs> well, this is the podcast, as they call them, of the uh, Boxfire Farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And here we talk about all things storytelling and digital media. And so we are here today to talk about one of my favorite movies, perhaps what I would list as one of my like top favorite movies of all time, yeah. a movie by John Michael McDonald called Calvary. So we're going to get around to that here in a little bit. We will. But before we do, we're going to talk about some movie news. So over the uh, last couple weeks, Mm -hmm. there was a little event. Small event. Small event called the Super Bowl. Not many people watch that, but many people do watch the uh, things that happen on the air between the Super Bowl happening. And so one of those things was uh, a highly anticipated trailer for a highly anticipated show based on a highly valuable intellectual property. Amazing. Created by a highly valuable valuable intellectual named J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And Amazon is making a uh, series called The Rings of Power. <clears throat> and they released a teaser to this before the Super Bowl that was really cool. It was all done with practical effects of metal, like going into wood. It was really cool. Yeah. And then the trailer came out. And Elijah said it was the best thing he's ever seen. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, I I don't (laughs) think anybody's ever done Tolkien right until now. (laughs) Like, I've been waiting for this day. Peter Jackson, get out of here. Finally. Get out of here. Setting it right. Yeah. I want feminist Galadriel climbing a cliff. Heck yeah. That's what I want to see. Was that even Galadriel? I think that cliff. was her. Okay, man. I think she was climbing Sweet. climbing a cliff in armor. Man, I dig it. Good for her. Yep. And then uh, I want to want to see. Uh, yeah, I want to see her like chopping orcs' heads off. Right. Doing backflips. Isn't that, isn't that what we're supposed to see? That's, that that's what, exactly what I think Tolkien was going for. I, I think that uh, if Tolkien were to see this Galadriel, he would mm-hmm. say that's exactly what I was after. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What Tolkien would say. <laughs> Thank God he is not here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we apologize, he Mr. Didn't, Tolkien. He didn't like the animated pick in it, like I, at you all. You know, you know, uh, I, I don't think I want to watch this just so that when I'm in heaven and I meet him, I'm not like, dude, I watched. I'm so sorry. I want to be able to say I did not. Next in I line, please. Of course, he'd be Josh, like, Josh, you are done. There's <laughs> yeah. a line in front of Tolkien, <laughs> Lewis. They're just sitting there. He'd, he'd be. He'd. He'd. They'll be like. But you did watch Peter Jackson's, right? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And then I'm banished to a, a purg- yeah. purgatory of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's not It's not quite hell. It's purgatory. Yeah, right. It's the place where I have to go reread. <laughs> yeah, you need to reread. I have to read the Cimmerillion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's got good parts. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, the, the trailer just doesn't look incredibly promising. No. No, it doesn't. I think, I think obviously... There's the big parts of I think they're missing some of the characterizations just by a long shot. They're yeah. far, far left of the target in terms of Galadriel and 
other characters, a lot of characters which you don't know yet, um, or like most people, if you just watch the movies, you wouldn't know who really any of these characters are, uh, other than Gladriel's kind of like the touchstone for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think what they got going against it is it doesn't really look like a Lord of the Rings movie. That's what I, I just, we, I mean, yeah. we rewatched we it before we came into this we wanted the fire <laughs> the fire the, of our hatred. The hate fire <laughs> to burn, burn in our bones burn deep within us <laughs> but it looks like game of thrones in terms of like coloring it looks really dim and dark which yeah well except so there is there are scenes that yeah. are bright and cheery but the bright and cheery ends up looking like video game bright and cheery not yeah. not like a believable world yeah I, you know. I, so, I really like the the lighting. Like that was one of the best parts of the Lord of the Rings series. Was was like, uh, and the art direction does look great in this too. Like it, I don't think they've really lost that too much. But I, I did really like the feel that they came that the movie came with in terms of like ah, this is like what a fantasy movie is, and it's defined every fantasy movie ever since in terms of like what yeah, a, what, right. what a workshops has done, and it it made them right. And uh, I kind of think the costuming looks a little too clean or yeah. like so i uh, yeah I, we'll see we'll see what it actually ends up to be i hope I, to be I wrong. want to I, I really want to be wrong and i want to love it mm-hmm. but <clears throat> what have we seen made in the modern era that is not so thick with ideology that it is just putrid and so the things that are the best are usually those things that aren't trying to be ideological or the yeah. things that are trying to be ideological and end up missing the mark yeah. Because they just accidentally or purposefully were trying to be good art at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. And in the end made something that was, you know, great. So perhaps this is a big accident that's going to end up being amazing because it's an accident. I really hope so. I've been wanting to be in Middle Earth, like film wise for so long. Like, but. So we'll we'll see what happens. The Hobbit was we'll disappointing. And this yeah. Whole, yeah. And then even I just even in reading and listening to podcasts, uh, I've come to. Th- think less of the movies than I used to not not in terms of uh, I still love the movies and I'd still watch yeah. them anytime but in terms of like I begin to see where they are coming short of mm-hmm. portraying what Tolkien was after yeah and I think as I the more that's only prepped me to hate this series and so we'll see how it goes cool things Things I've been finding cool. Cool in the world. Yeah, I mean, I was struggling to think of cool one for this school. this episode, and I was like, what have we been watching with the kids lately? And literally today, we watched Paddington, and I forgot how, like, I didn't forget. I love that movie. I love watching it, because it's just a delightful little British f- flick that, like, warms the heart. It's not it's very, best. it's not harrowing. It's not emotionally taxing. You just sit there. And you just enjoy it and you sit there and eat a snack. And it's so like, good. Oh, this is so good. And with a little tea and a marmalade sandwich. And and then life is okay. Life's okay. Yeah, just life close the blinds with a blanket. It's one of those movies that's like, it really gets that feeling of like a childhood book. And you're just like, ah, this, this is a comfortable place. Mm-hmm. It's good. And not only that, it's technically excellent. Oh, it's beautiful. just so well, well, everything acting, yep. uh, the direction, the, cinematography the music it's so good like i just this time i just noticed there's a big when they come in through the the front door of the house there's this big tree that goes up yes i just realized that that tree changes, changes the throughout whole the whole movie yeah, depending upon the attitude of the house <laughs> yeah it's um, pretty sweet. and i pointed that out to my wife i was like that is so cool 
like yeah, it's, just little details it's a great movie that just make it so much fun but yeah i really yeah. enjoyed it go check that out check it and out paddington too both of them yeah five stars for a kid's film that's one of yeah. those ones that you can throw on the shelf and not not have to worry about yeah, like that that should be on your movie shelf. it should be yeah if Indeed. not already yep what about you what are you finding so speaking of jrl tolkien Ooh. i a couple weeks ago recommended the uh book in the house of tom bombadil by cr wiley yeah and he referenced uh on fairy stories a lot i had read it before and i decided to pick it up again and mm-hmm. so i brought it today and i have a Ooh. passage from it that i want to uh, use as an example of how good it is so he's he's kind of giving the he's talking about fairy stories and mm-hmm. i think what the way we would talk about it is fantasy mm-hmm. and so he's uh <clears throat> Really trying to analyze what is a fairy story, what counts as one, what does not, what makes a good one, what makes a bad one. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff in here, and he goes a lot of different directions, and I'm still trying to sort it out myself. Uh, even after my second time reading through it, uh, there's a lot that yeah. I think I can still learn from it. So I'm probably going to go back through this a few times. But here's uh, a line. He says, Enchantment produces a secondary world into which both the designer and the spectator can enter to the satisfaction of their senses while they are inside. But in its uh, purity, it is artistic in desire and purpose. So that enchantment is when you watch a movie and you're like totally enraptured and you're in that world. Or mm-hmm. if you're playing a video game like we yeah. talked about, or you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, wh- mm-hmm. whatever the thing is, there is yeah. a secondary world that we do not, we're not confused. We don't think that's the real world, mm-hmm. but we enter into it and believe that world in that moment. Yeah. <clears throat> he, d- he differentiates that though from magic. So he says magic produces or pretends to produce an alteration in the primary world. So if enchantment produces a secondary world that you enter into, mm-hmm. magic is still acting in this primary world, but attempting to uh, alt- alter it or do something else. And it does not matter by whom it is said to be practiced, whether it be fae or mortal, it remains distinct from the other two. It is not an art, but instead a technique. Its desire is power in this world, the domination of things and wills. And so just that he's, so I mean, there's all sorts of things like that, that he says in here that are just really fascinating in this case, the, the, the difference between enchantment and magic mm-hmm. and, uh, talking about how then that fairy stories or fantasy tales are really aiming any kind of artwork is aiming at creating a secondary world that is believable in yeah. which we enter and learn something and come back from that quest in this fantasy world with something for our world. Mm-hmm. So it's just all sorts of really interesting stuff in there. Yeah, I really need to read that book. Yeah, it's so I, I'm holding, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding the book. This is not the whole thing. So let me see. It's page 27 to like, uh, oh, here we go. Still there. 83. So it's like 60 pages mm-hmm. worth of his essay on fairy stories. Mm-hmm. The rest so of this book is just comment. The rest of this one is just commentary, actually, on oh, that wow. book. Uh, on Who does that. the commentary? The commentary is by... Uh, Douglas Anderson mm-hmm. and Verlin Flyer. I have not read the commentary of this book. Yeah. I bought this thinking it was just the fairy story. So mm-hmm. I have not read the commentary. I cannot speak to it. Okay. But the uh, tale of fairy stories is here. It's also in other collections of his work. Yeah. You can find that. But go Sweet. check it out. It's really interesting. If you're interested in storytelling or just trying to, in, or you're just interested in fantasy and fairy stories of themselves, yeah. go check it out. And now our feature presentation. So the movie Calvary, made by John Michael McDonough and all the other artists and uh, producers involved, uh, is a movie that is not a Christian film. No. Nope. So lest you be distracted by the fact that it's about a priest and the, and title. the title is Calvary, 
then uh, just be warned from the get-go. This is not a Christian film, albeit uh, going back to our definition of Christian film, yeah. I would say it's a very Christian film, mm-hmm. but it's not the kind of Christian film that you're going to, you know, take the family to and no. try to invite your unbelieving friends to, to go see, see which is not a good idea for the traditional Christian films, but anyway. <laughs> <You're right>. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so the, the, it's a very mature film, but let's, yeah. let's uh, start with kind of a synopsis. So Elijah has just recently come off of watching it. I literally so how watched you... it just before my 15 minute drive <laughs> over here. Like <laughs> I ended it and I was it's like, fresh. I'm out. It's super fresh, super fresh on his mind. Yeah. It's, it's okay. So I'm just going to say it's a great movie, mature movie. So not meant for kids for sure. Um, yeah. And the, the warnings on, I mean, it's yeah, rated the warnings R. Are on the it's rated R. The warnings you can, are there. You can figure it out. Um, but anyway, uh, so the synopsis of the story is basically, uh, the movie starts with, uh, the priest and he's sitting in, uh, his, the confession booth. Uh, Brennan Gleason plays the main character. Great actor. Love him. Yeah, Love him and so everything good. he's in from Braveheart. Have uh, you seen him in Braveheart yet? He's pretty good not, in Braveheart. No, I have not seen him uh, in Braveheart Mad Eye Moody and uh, Harry Potter. He's, yep. he's just good at everything he puts his hand to. Um, but anyway, he's sitting in the booth and uh, it's it seems to be late at night and he's uh, somebody walks into the uh, other side of the confession booth. Um, and obviously there's anonymity. Anonymity? in a mm-hmm. uh, confession booth so you don't know who it is but uh the person basically starts out by saying like i was abused by a catholic priest uh growing up and he gets explicit into the details of that um and uh basically for years as from seven years old up i've been abused and uh uh, uh he's just very angry about it and uh he the the priest is just like i don't I honestly don't know what to say to you. Like, that's, that's horrible. I'm sorry. And, uh, like, do you want to do a formal complaint? Do you want to get the police involved? All, all these different things. And he's basically, he just says, well, what good would that do? I mean, he's dead. And even if he were alive, he's a bad priest. So like, what is that? What is that going to accomplish? Um, so what I think is that I'm going to kill a good priest and you're that good priest. And let me think, I'm going to kill you next Sunday. And so we're going to come back to this. And we're going to meet, meet me on the beach and I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you. And, uh, you have the week to put everything in order. And he just walks out and running. He's, uh, the father's like, has nothing to say. And cause he's like, do you have anything to say? And he's like, I'll have something to say to you next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically it takes off from there and you have him doing his daily, uh, pastoral. Um, I have, although he's a, a, he's a priest at that time, but it's, it's, mm-hmm similar to what uh, pastors do um and uh he does that throughout the week and it goes day by day um and he sets things in order does his daily rhythms and uh yeah do you want to you want to tell him yeah so we'll the, we'll spoil the whole thing for you not, the whole thing. Not the whole thing we'll try no. to hold some things back for you yeah. but but uh so a week later he he goes through his week mm-hmm. a week later he shows up on the beach and he meets with this guy mm-hmm. and he gets shot and this and, is one of the members of his parish. Like yeah, this is one his, of the members he's been dealing with throughout the week. One yeah. of the members that he's been pastoring. You as the audience week. don't know who it is. Yeah, so the audience doesn't know from the beginning. You don't know who it is because it doesn't show us in the booth. They mm-hmm. do some sp- some things, some effects with the voice so that the voice is not dis- uh, distinguishable. You, it's not. They're all Irish. They're so, all Irish. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> this takes true. place in Ireland. So, so you can't really, you can't really, pick, yeah, yeah, you can't really pick up on day. who it is. And yeah. so you're trying, you know, throughout the week, you're trying to figure out 
Who is it that is going to kill him? Mm-hmm. Who is it that confessed to this? Yeah. And then the father deals with everyone in his parish at different times. And so mm-hmm. you don't know who it is. And there's always that undertone then of trying to kind of figure out who it is. And then you get to the beach at the end and the reveal happens. Here's who it is. He gives his final words and then he shoots the priest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you end up seeing the priests, all, all the people in the parish and kind of where they are after the father's dead. Yeah. And so that's that's the story. So last week we had Bioshock Infinite. We had this massive, complicated multidimensional tale <laughs> trying to untangle. <laughs> and perhaps you had no idea what that game is even about yes. now. And that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but but this one is really the the plot. Yeah. It doesn't have a plot per se in the same traditional sense. Yeah. So it's really starts with I'm going to kill you, and a week later the guy kills him. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of walk through that week with him. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that happen throughout the week. One, his daughter returns from London. Mm-hmm. She's been there. She was dating a guy, broke up with him. Everything went really bad. She was mm-hmm. highly depressed, tried to kill herself and yeah. didn't succeed. And now she's come back to be with her dad for a week. Mm-hmm. And so she shows up and that's part of the interaction that he has. He's got yeah. a, another priest that works in the parish with him that uh, he's dealing with. And that priest is a little bit... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Just not, he's just, just unfit. Yeah, he's it unfit. Like he, he's unfit, and he's just kind of a doesn't distant. know what he's doing. Yeah, and, yeah. and so he's got to deal with him. He's got a member of his parish who is, members of his parish who are committing adultery. He has mm-hmm. a member of his a couple members doing cocaine. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, one of them who uh, runs a tavern that's being shut down because mm-hmm. the bank or is, he's being foreclosed on because of the banks. Yeah, he's got another one who was a was a banker mm-hmm. who made rich in the stock market crash of 2008. Like lost everything. Yeah. Well, so he well. <laughs> lost everything that matters. Yeah. <laughs> he gained a lot of money. Gained all the money, yeah. And uh, so his wife and kids left him, his housemaid left him, Every everyone has left him, but he is still stuck on himself. She's even from Ecuador. And I, <laughs> I didn't think that she had anywhere to go, but she left too. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so yeah. he's, he's lonely mm-hmm. and on his own. Uh, let me see. What other kind of parish members does he have? Um, and uh, yeah, they're pretty well. There's a writer so then, on an island. Yeah, yeah. There's a writer on an island that yeah. he can't, keeps in touch with. And then, and then in the middle of the story, there is a woman whose husband, her and her husband, get in a car accident, and the husband is basically on life support. He's mm-hmm. going to die. Yeah. And so he administers last rites to the husband, mm-hmm. and then uh, starts prays with, with her on the first day too. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing starts with commu- him serving communion after the confession scene, mm-hmm. and uh, so he administers last rites. He talks to this woman and kind of comforts her, tries to console her mm-hmm. with the loss of her husband. And then uh, his church gets burned down halfway through. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that happens as he gets closer to that day. Yeah, I think that's on Thursday that it happens. Mm-hmm. So then I believe it was Friday or maybe even Saturday when he decides to leave. And so he yeah, heads Saturday. to Dublin, but then he meets. Oh, no, that, it was Friday. Yeah. So Friday. then he meets that lady again, mm-hmm. and uh, she has a very strong faith. Yeah. Yeah, and so she kind of encourages him, uh, not indirectly. She doesn't realize mm-hmm. how much she's encouraging him, but indirectly encourages him by her testimony of faith in the midst of a hard time. Yeah. So then he goes back to, uh, the village where he lives, yeah. and uh, ends up showing up on the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a his bishop, I guess, or someone he's accountable to. Yeah, he talks to. So there's these different cast of characters, like and you're arch, just walking throughout. Yeah, yeah, Archbishop. I think. You're just kind of hanging out with the father as he mm-hmm. ministers throughout yeah. the week. Just goes and makes visits with people. Hears about these 
things going on in his congregation and he's just checking up on people and trying to give them God's word and trying to encourage them. Yeah. Uh, and there, so now ultimately to, listen to them. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of listening. There's a, so a couple of things about the film. First of all, like Elijah said, it's mm-hmm. a very mature film. So it's very. got a lot of mature themes mm-hmm. and it's the kind of thing that is probably even, I mean, it, it's uncomfortable for anyone to watch. It's not, yeah. it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. because he's dealing with some really hard things. Uh, I think there are some missteps in it uh, in terms of the kind of counsel he gives, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's missteps for the film in the sense that uh, in the sense that like if I was counseling that many people, over the course of that time, mm-hmm. it would make sense too that the the, the father's not going to have all the wisdom to yeah. be able, so, so that he's going to give bad counsel. Yeah. So it, so I don't know that it's a distractor to the film. No. Just don't. You're not supposed to take the father as it like the epitome of perfection what that you're priest, supposed to follow. Right. Like should be in every aspect because he messes up a lot and you see his own yeah. failings. Like he he has he had an issue with with drinking. Mm-hmm. And like one of his last days, he goes out and just drinks way too much, gets drunk and gets into a fight in a bar. And yeah, he's, it, he's weighed down by the pressures. Yeah. I think what the, one of the tipping points for him going back to drinking, cause he'd been apparently off alcohol for a long time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> one of the things that's a tipping point is he's talking to this little girl on the road mm-hmm. and she's not with her parents and they're just walking along the road mm-hmm. and he's kind of having some banter with her mm-hmm. and it's a really sweet exchange. And then the father pulls up in the car and, and is just up ticked car, off. Yeah. yeah. Thinking, you know, thinking the worst. Cause of course mm-hmm. there's like the sex abuse scandals. And so he's just ticked off the priest Yeah, and that the priest would be talking to his daughter and the priest has done nothing wrong. And so father, father James is his name. He then goes back and he gets a drink mm-hmm. and then the, uh, medical examiner who the atheist doctor. Yeah. He's like an atheist doctor. I, he, I like how they, how they, portrayed him because he's like he knows who he is to, yeah. to the priest he's like my part is like the atheist cliched, yeah. cliched. what do you say it's one part humanity uh, uh, hum- one uh one part humanism and then nine, nine parts, parts gallows humor yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. he's like I, w- I wonder how it would be to play your character but uh yeah so it's really it's yeah it's really good really good uh writing there but mm-hmm. he he tells him a story about a kid who suffered horribly and just kind of rile him up and it does mm-hmm. And so eventually he keeps drinking. Finally, the uh, bartender says, nope, you're done. And then he pulls out a gun and just shoots up the, the, mm-hmm. the bar. Yeah. And just, just, he's lost control. And mm-hmm. then the guy beats him up. Yeah. Uh, and so, so he's not, so he's not a good priest in that sense. Like on yeah. one sense, he is a good priest. Yeah. The other sense, he's not, a, he's not mm-hmm. sinless by any means. Yeah. And, and then he's struggling with his own commitment to the church by wanting to leave and get yeah. out of town so he doesn't die. Right. So, uh, so you've got all the, these kinds of the, the swirling emotions. And, uh, so it's not, so it's a mature film. Also, it's a mature film in that it's not really plot heavy. So mm-hmm. you've got to pay attention and yeah. just watch and sit with the film and let the film do its work. Yeah. It's mature. And like, like the fact that I think you have to be mature in taking it in to appreciate the film. I think you have to have lived life. Like, I think the tone of the film is real. I think that like, yeah, rea- like, it's a very real film in terms of how it portrays who he is and all the characterizations of everybody in his, uh, in his congregation, the dialogues meant to be very real. Um, and just even in how people live these sinful lives and it just, it doesn't glorify them. No, um, and it doesn't romanticize and show this horrid picture 
uh, of it but it just it just shows it real like they're not living their best life but i mean it, it just shows all these people being people yeah like and you lying to themselves yeah and you as an audience are are privy to the fact that they're lying to themselves mm-hmm. and you can see that the pastor sees that too the that the father's like he's even like with the lady who's committing adultery he's just looking at her like what are you doing like i he, and he's struggling to figure out like how to get at her heart yeah like and he, and he time and time again just and tries. he has a moment where he talks to her where he kind of gets to her heart or yeah. get you see that she knows she she's quotes scripture to him yeah yeah and she realizes she knows that this is not yeah she quotes it. the lilies of the field and that they toil like she, she knows that this is this is a this is going to go away and it's going to go to nothing is basically what yeah she's saying to him but she doesn't she's not willing to turn away from it she's no. not willing to to repent yeah and it's that kind of like okay she knows she's lying to herself mm-hmm. so it just really does a good job portraying yeah. like the human condition on all fronts mm-hmm. the human condition of faith the human mm-hmm. condition of uh sin and uh rebellion mm-hmm. i mean it, it really it's really fascinating and i love so i love the movie so much mm-hmm. because i love sitting in that world mm-hmm. and thinking through these things yeah and and because i find that movies like this there's a there's a book by paul schrader called uh, the transcendental style in film and he examines uh hiro aju and uh i forget the other two filmmakers off the top of my head that he examines but two other two other uh one was a french new wave filmmaker and then another one was a uh was a uh, uh I'm, I'm losing it now. Maybe a, maybe a German filmmaker. Yeah. Anyway, three different filmmakers mm-hmm. of different times. And he talks about what he calls the transcendental style, which just yeah. is, it's called often called slow cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paul Schrader directed a movie called first reformed about another priest. And it was a weird one with Ethan yeah. Hawke. And, uh, it's, it, so I it's this kind of, it's this kind of style that, uh, is slow and just lets you sit with these things mm-hmm. because when it make when you sit with them, it engages you in a way that like, okay, what am I supposed to be learning here? Like it's not spoon feeding this to you. It's that's exactly what was wrong with the Eternals as they tried that style and it, may, it makes, it makes you think it, it leaves room for and you to they, think. Yeah, yeah. And then they didn't give you, the but there truth. was nothing there. There was nothing to think about yeah. this yeah. one. Like there's so much there. There's so much realness. There's so much content that yeah. you can chew on, but that gives right. you that t- time, but sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And so, so uh, I, yeah, I just, I like, because of that, mm-hmm. I like sitting in this world and thinking yeah. about it. And so every time I come back to it, it can reward the thinking. It can reward the multiple viewings because it's not all about who did it, mm-hmm. who's going to kill the father. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it's like a, a who who will do it, not a who done yeah. it. It's like, yeah. who's going to do it? Yeah. And so. It, it, that's the hook. That's the hook to get you yeah. to watch it, but that's not what the movie's about. And yeah, it's like a, it's, it's almost a bait and switch. Mm-hmm. And, and really by the time I'm like on day two or three, you forget, I'm not even thinking about the fact that one of these people could be a kid is going to be a killer. Mm-hmm. I'm really just like, Oh man, that guy's a jerk or, mm-hmm. you know, this, this woman needs to get her act together or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just in, in yeah. involved in the story. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that's, uh, you know, I'm enjoying the exchange between father and daughter and mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'm enjoying these things so much that I just want to, I, I don't mind hanging out. Yeah. And then I think that, yeah. So, so I found it, I, I just find it incredibly moving mm-hmm. and that in the end, it's a, it's a real, a real picture of what it looks like to exercise faith yeah. and to follow Jesus. Yeah. 
and also just it gives you that that glimpse into the pastoral kind of realm where you get to see what what real ministry looks like real ministry is not like i think a lot of us have this idea of like especially anybody who's like thought of becoming a pastor um early on usually it's preaching that kind of gets you going like yeah i want to be i want to do what he's doing right now but what you don't see is all of the other hours of his of his of that day of that sunday and of every other day of the week where he's on call 24 7 like some people get the idea that oh it must be nice to have your your uh your dad or your husband home but that's not the reality if you actually get to know pastors and their families it's it's a it's a high stress job where they're having to get those calls where they get the calls about just the worst the worst of humanity the worst Mm -hmm. of sin they deal with that and they're they're sticking their hands in in that world yeah like all day and they see it and and it wears it wears on on pastors we've seen pastors burn out we've seen pastors uh just really need help and so it kind of also gives you that idea and shows you what it's like kind of what it's like for that that pastor who's kind of just doing it on his own kind of doesn't have anybody really encouraging him and it shows that need for like congregations to come around their pastor and to share the load to kind of share one another's burdens like yeah. like we're told to like and so i think that that for me that was like one of the hardest hitting things about it and that i appreciated about it was just showing uh, yeah it's uncomfortable but this is what pastors have to do every day like yeah. we we get to live our lives and do these things but pastor like whenever when when do you call your pastor when it's, it's just the, the worst, worst the worst times time. in the world everything yeah. is falling apart yeah you cannot fix it on your own your friends cannot fix it. Literally, they're like the last call. Mm-hmm. And so right, it, it just does a great job of yeah. depicting that and depicting that reality. And and depicting so many different kinds of uh, conditions. Like so, so the man yeah. who has lost everything, but he's super rich. Mm-hmm. He is a really interesting guy because he comes in after the church has been burned down. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make a donation. He'd mm-hmm. already kind of hinted at a donation before. But when the father mm-hmm. showed up at the house, he was kind of drunk. And so he didn't donate. But now yeah. he wants to donate... Uh, and and he's really trying to make penance with his money. Mm-hmm. And the father sees right through this and calls him out on it and says, all right, get, he was going to give 20,000 mm-hmm. to the church. And uh, the other priest is like, oh, really gosh, impressed. Thank you so by much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the father, the, the father uh, tells him, well, how about you write 50,000? Mm-hmm. And the guy says, that oh, means nothing to me. He's like, I know it doesn't. Right, like mm-hmm. he he's calling yeah. him out and making him give way more because mm-hmm. this isn't this doesn't matter the money doesn't matter it's not a loss to you you're mm-hmm. not feeling it like yeah. you're like this is the, there is nothing about this that is he's the father is unwilling to let the man lie to himself mm-hmm. and the father is going to tell the truth to that person in the face of their lie mm-hmm. even though it's uncomfortable even though it feels harsh he's going to deal with them and then in the end that guy comes around to a genuine repentance yeah uh, just before the end, just yeah. before the father goes down to the beach. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I think there's, there's just so much about that kind of yeah. thing that is so real that it's, it's like, it's just worth watching mm-hmm. to like think through what would it look like to tell the truth to someone mm-hmm. in a way that really helps them and mm-hmm. to hold to it, even though that person now alienates you, you know? Yeah. So. It, sh- it shows like what true like strength and meekness is like the strength is not like when he exercises physical strength, when like there's times like that you're like, Oh, like as a man, you're like, you just like our first instinct is violence. Like you just yeah, want right. to like get a hold of these guys and be like, you're doing something horrible. You're committing yep. adultery. Like, I just want to grab a hold of you and like 
shake it out of you, but you can't. And so he, he shows that strength, that strength of where he is not, he's like unbending and, and just in, in his presence and in his words. And he even gets things flicked out. He gets the cigarette flicked at him mm-hmm. and he sta- he stands there and, and takes it and has that strength under control, which is meekness and, and, and shows aspects of Christ that all of us should have, but that the, those who are in leadership definitely yeah. need to have. And yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't think, I, I don't think the, I don't think the filmmakers had this in mind. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, here's my thesis about the film yeah. upon multiple viewings. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they had this in mind. No. Uh, and I've, I've watched back. I've watched behind the scenes about the movie just to try to see if this was intentional because once I saw it, it was so, it was so, it seems to make enough sense to me that it was hard to believe that someone wouldn't include it, but if someone, but here, here we go. So here's yeah. my read on the film that father James is following in the footsteps of Jesus. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. that's obvious. Uh, yeah. That's not hard, but like, think about this. This is his passion week, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the week before his death. Yeah. Uh, he's told uh, the, the, so in the beginning we start, you're going to die mm-hmm. passion week. Uh, in the middle of so everything everyone's against him right mm-hmm. everyone doesn't they, they don't listen to him they are turning away from him and what he has to say uh they they persecute him burn down his church and so on he has his gethsemane moment father james has a gethsemane moment mm-hmm. where he uh goes where, where he's struggling with bearing the weight of dying mm-hmm. right like so in the same way that Jesus struggled with that. Mm-hmm. But who comes to him in the moments where he is most struggling? And that is an angel in the form of, I think her name is Louisa. Or, His daughter? No, no, no uh, the woman who has oh, the strong I faith. I forget yeah, I her name. I think so. She's, a, she's French or she's, Italian. Yeah, so, yeah, she's Italian. So she yeah. comes, she, uh, she comes to him in a way that is like the angels ministering to Jesus mm-hmm. when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. So you've got that kind of picture. And then in the end, when he dies... He literally dies between two criminals. So he's got one criminal who's the thief, mm-hmm. who's the uh, banker, who's repentant. Mm-hmm. So one who is repentant, one who carries through with the murder. So, I mean, literally in the in the movie, you've got these two people yeah. side by side yeah. uh, of him when he dies. Well, it opens with that quote from uh, Augustine with uh, the... Uh, on one hand... It, yes, exactly. Uh, right. One of it, the uh, thieves, repented, thieves repented and saw glory. And on the other hand... Uh, or don't presume. Don't, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't presume because one of the thieves is like be assured one of the thieves uh, repented and was saved. But yeah. don't presume because one of the thieves was damned. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so you've yeah. got you end up with him in between two criminals, mm-hmm. and one is repentant and one is not. And then the whole thing, the whole movie ends. So his daughter Fiona. We need to back up the kind mm-hmm. of Bill and Fiona's uh, story because Fiona comes. She's talking to her dad, her dad. She's kind of bitter against him a little bit because mm-hmm. when her mother died, uh, he was trying to get through all that. Of course, he's got his daughter and the way she puts it is she lost two parents for the price of one. Her mm-hmm. mother died of cancer and then her father joined the priesthood after that. And so she ends up losing both of her parents. She doesn't have them around. He was pursuing a vocation. She felt cheated. And so she's she deals with this a little bit yeah. when she's with him. And they kind of come around to getting right. Right before he goes down to the beach, he calls her and talks to her. And she's uh, she says something about uh, committing a sin of omission. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, he says, I think there's too much talk about sin mm-hmm. and not enough about virtue. Mm-hmm. And so then she asked, what's number one of your virtue list? And he said, I think forgiveness is highly underrated. Mm-hmm. 
And th- so kind of putting a little pinpoint on the idea that forgiveness is what is here because the father is about to go and take an unnecessary killing mm-hmm. and for and is by doing that forgiving the peop the man who is killing him yeah right so in the same way that christ stands on the cross and says father forgive them for they know not what they do mm-hmm. father james is about to to come down to the beach and forgive uh the man who's killing the man yeah. who's going to kill him by mm-hmm. by just being present and letting mm-hmm. him kill him yeah and then in the very end, the last scene mm-hmm. that always moves me so much is that so you've got uh, after the father dies, then you see all of the people in the parish mm-hmm. and they're all kind of just going on with their lives and with yeah. their sin as usual. Mm-hmm. But then you get to uh, the, the murderer and he's in prison and Fiona is there going to visit him. And this is right on the end of him telling her the last thing he said to her was that forgiveness is an underrated virtue. Mm. And now she's standing, sitting there across from him and she's got the phone in her hand waiting for him to, or waiting for, he picks up the phone Mm -hmm. and she puts the phone to her ear then ready to talk Mm -hmm. to him. And then a tear falls down her cheek and then the movie ends. Mm -hmm. Right. So leaving us to wonder what happens. Yeah. But the implication being that she is about to extend forgiveness. She's not there with anger in her eyes Mm -hmm. to, shout at this man mm-hmm. but she's there as a voice of love and mm-hmm. compassion extending the care yeah. the, extending the care of her father to those who hate her father <laughs> the man who hated her father and killed her father right so just like so many beautiful pictures of what jesus calls us to do and all in its brokenness right like so this yeah. isn't this isn't showing trying to show us christ and show us the the perfect man mm-hmm. this is showing us what it happens when a man is shaped by christ mm-hmm. and follows him yeah. And that's, and that's just what I want to be. And so there's things to learn from Father James that we shouldn't be, mm-hmm. and then there's things we should we should learn and copy. Yeah. And uh, it's the kind of movie that gives plenty of food for thought. Mm-hmm. It's a mature movie. It's not. This isn't a Marvel hero movie. No. This isn't your standard drama. It's not a romance. It's not a. It's a gritty mystery. real movie. It's probably in a different vein than most movies that you watch. Yeah. But it is well worth your time mm-hmm. and uh one of my one of my favorite movies of all time so yeah five stars yep that that's is the one. that's calvary by john michael mcdonough go check it out uh, you can find it everywhere where movies are found yeah so well i think we've done it i think we've cast another we pod did it yep that that pod is now cast been and, cast uh, yep it's been cast so if you caught the pod then let us know what you thought about it Send us send us a message. It's a cool looking pod, and uh, send us an electronic mail. On, yes, on the on the computers on the interwebs. Throw those throw throw us some email back. Yeah, yeah. Through the ether. Send it send it back. Send it yeah. back through the uh, the uh, yeah. the wireless mm-hmm. the cloud. Send a, send us a message by cloud. Yes. Yep. This cl- like smoke signals basically. Just send us a, send us a smoke signal about what you thought <laughs> what you thought of Foxfire. Yeah. If you've watched the movie Calvary, let us know what you think. Yeah, and if you've got other movies like that that you want to recommend to us, I'm always down for that kind exactly. of that genre of movie. So, yep, indeed, real good. Well, this has been another episode of Foxfire Farmhouse. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, it's been see, good. We'll see, see you guys, guys next time. Bye.